What's up, TruckCast? It is Kate. It is Super Tuesday. And I haven't said hello in a while, so I thought I would. Uh, yesterday, my friend Sparky sent us a, a cast uh, where he was walking his dog. His dog's name is Bodie. I don't know if that got mentioned on the cast, but I don't think it's privileged information. Um, and he was walking with Bodie, and he decided he wanted to uh, follow the infrastructure around his house. So he started by looking at the power lines and trying to follow those. Um, Sparky's a big infrastructure buff. I'm going to go see him uh, in Santa Barbara next month. Uh, we got a current affairs uh, editorial retreat. So I think he's I think he's got some aqueducts to show us. I don't know what else is in it, but I, I'm expecting uh, infrastructure tours. Um... So I thought I would come, well, come, come, come to my bedroom and sit down where I sit in my chair and uh, talk a little bit about boundaries and politics and things that have been going on. Um, so I'll just say that the past few months for me have been incredibly difficult. Uh, the The most direct answer is that my mother's cancer came back in June of last year, and uh, I think surgery, surgery had probably originally been planned in early January and got pushed to late January because uh, she was on a clinical trial drug that really almost killed her. And as we got closer to surgery, the more I lost my mind. Um, down to the point of, like, like, December is a definite huge blur. There was definitely, like, one... I remember I came back from uh, Kansas City for Christmas, where it was... I would say, like, no Christmas we've ever had before, but actually there was a Christmas after my mom's surgery in 2017, so I've had a, a fucked-up Christmas or two. Um, so, uh... But I came back to New Orleans, and I was supposed to uh, be feeding my neighbor's cat, uh, this old, 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 old cat. Like, like a cat so old that their uh, wet food already, like, jiggles like jello, and then you gotta mix more water into it in case that's too hard for the cat without teeth, you know? Uh, his name's Art. He's nice. He's good, good. You know, whatever. Um, oh, man, I fucking forgot to feed him. It was probably the first day I forgot. And then after that, I would have to, like, put a fucking alarm on my phone to remember to feed this cat twice a day. One night, I went down there. It was 9 o'clock at night, and my neighbor saw me, and he's like, oh, yeah, we took care of it. And I was just like, god damn. So that was like, I had no mind, right? And then it's January, and, uh... There's a long, and I'm also worried as uh, what part of my worry uh, as we approach surgery is that mom will get scans and they'll say, Oh no, your cancer group, we're not going to do surgery now. You're just going to have to deal with it or have more chemo or what the fuck. That's not what happened, but that was a lot of my fear going in. So, uh, the last two weeks of January, I spend in Houston, Texas with mom, uh, you know, it goes as well as it can go. Surgery is really fucking hard. Uh, if you've never had 
major surgery. Mom had a major surgery in 2017, and uh, it was 14 hours, and they say that it is uh, a month in the world recovering for every hour you're on the table. So, it's been a lot. Uh, she had a surgery while I was there, and then after I went home, she had two more procedures that... point is, is nothing's ever easy. That's the point. So... In the midst of all of this, I also have been thinking that I really want to get off of my uh, Effexor, which is an SNRI that I've been on since 2017. And I talked to my doctor about it, and I talked to my therapist about it. And they're like, yeah, you know. And I'm like, I just, it's on my list, but I don't want to rock the boat. Well, I come back to New Orleans, and on the first day I forget to take it. And on the second day, I say, and then I'm like, well, fuck, I'm off my medicine now. <laughs> so, uh, that's what February was then for me. After this December to January time of, like, I can't keep a thought in my head. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, like, doing my best. Uh, then comes February, and I decide to go off my meds. Uh, which I feel good about now, I think. You know, like... Been on them for three years. I didn't want to be on them anymore. I also feel like I'm at a good period to um, do some do some changing. But it's funny because people are like, "Well, how do you feel?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking know." Like, <laughs> it's not even like like I can remember when I last felt normal, which would have been you know, let's say May 2019. Um, but I don't remember what that shit was like. I just know it existed. I know that I had enough brains to be like, oh, I can run for leadership in DSA and I can finish my book and I can do all these things. And then a month later, I was like, oh, fuck. So, oh, my kitty just came and lay down next to me and is getting some pets because I was out of town for the weekend seeing my mom. Um, kittens are always a good, good way to test how you feel or know about boundaries. Because, uh, my Mississippi, she lets you know if she's a fan or not a fan of what you're doing at that exact moment. Lots of, lots, there's a bite. Not a big one. She just, you know, she doesn't want to le learn English. Okay. She's very cute. So, I was thinking, um, one of the things I was thinking about is, like, how crucial it is to see a boundary and want to test it. Especially, I guess I'll be clear here that I'm not talking about a boundary between yourself and another person that might be mutual uh, or necessary. I'm talking about the kinds of boundaries that are self-imposed based on your comfort zone. And I've uh, dealt a lot with that in the past three years. Um, partially... Uh, just the way that it always is, you know, I'm a poet and I'm a writer, so I write about people in my life and then I have to talk to them about it and see how they feel and see whether it's a problem. Um, and uh, deal with consequences there. That's a little bit between people, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I mean, I would say that at least half the time that I'm going to a DSA meeting or action, half of me is like, you don't have to. Um, I definitely used to be less able to, uh, 
communicate with large groups of people or in overwhelming situations. Uh, I've had a good amount of social anxiety in my life, and it's not that it's resolved, but I have some tools to get through it. Um, So, like last year, I did things I never thought I could do. You know, I never really thought that in my 30s I would go to, like, multiple-day conferences where I was always around other people. (laughs) Uh, But apparently that is a thing. Um, So I want to talk about those kind of boundaries, the kind of boundaries that have you say, you know, I'm afraid to text my friend and ask them if they'll vote for Bernie Sanders or... I'm afraid to get on a phone dialer because I'm very awkward and I don't want to call people or I'm afraid to knock on strangers' doors and try to talk to them. And those are boundaries that I think it's worth testing. Um, Because, you know, that discomfort isn't actually innate. It's socialized everything's socialized. I'm not trying to be whatever. I'm not trying to get into what is natural versus what is socialized. That's my cat. She's scratching. And she wears a bell. Yesterday, my neighbor told me there was a mother fucking... She saw a hawk from our courtyard. And she's like, well, watch Mississippi. And I'm like, you know, I usually think Mississippi's tough. Man, that hawk would... I don't trust Mississippi against a hawk. I think she gets, you know, picked up off the earth and dropped again. And she's so small. She's only nine pounds. So I might make her stay inside a bit. Not all the time, of course. Just until I forget that hawks exist. (laughs) Um, I was also thinking about a couple times lately that someone has corrected me. And about the times that I've gotten criticism that have made me very uncomfortable and dealt with that. Uh, One of the stories I like to tell is about my friend Caitlin, who... uh, So, flashback, 2017, Caitlin and I are friends because I'm very blessed, and she's going to go to the Women's March in D.C., and I am like, you know, I'm at this point so racked with anxiety that I... uh, I'm about to start being on medication for the first time in my life, even though I've always resisted that. Um, But it's before I've joined DSA. I don't have a political home at all. I had not voted in the 2016 primary or given a shit. I thought that people... I thought it didn't matter. And... uh, You know, I was on Facebook and I saw that pantsuit nation and I thought that no matter what, we were going to fucking win and we lost. Shit, shit, shit. So, uh, I'm talking to Caitlin. She's going to the Women's March and I say, you know, I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand how that could possibly help even though I'm aware that that is literally the only thing in our history that has ever helped, but I just don't get it. And now, of course, three years later, I look back and I'm like, oh, I was asking to understand how to analyze power. And uh, that wasn't what I got at that time, and that might not have been what I was ready for, actually. But now that I have 
an ability to analyze power. I can see that in that situation that I needed to understand how this would work. And, of course, not everything has a power analysis. Some protests don't have power analysis. They are just catharsis, and that's okay, too, but... That was that was what I was missing, was what's the difference between a protest that is just catharsis and a protest that makes difference? But again, I wasn't there yet, and what I got from Caitlin that day was a very important poke in my life. And she goes, yeah, sure, I, I, I see what you're saying. Maybe also, though, you could just not disrespect the work that people are doing that you're not. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Okay, let me sit with that. So I did, and that was valuable, and that made me eventually uh, join DSA and do some goddamn work. Um, very simple. So, that's an example. There are some other examples. Uh, you know, I've been trying to have conversations with people on Facebook Sometimes, you know, I was talking to my friend Bajena about Pete Buttigieg, and I was really too glib saying that he's evil, which I do. I believe that he is, that his campaign is functionally evil, that if you have the best chance in modern times to uh, have a president who will work for workers and get literally just very bare minimum health care, national health care, uh, and then you decide to work instead with, like, three dozen fucking billionaires to make that not happen? Like, that is fucking functionally evil. I don't give a fuck. I'm not talking about what's in people's hearts because I don't really care about what's in people's hearts. Like, I don't believe in punishment. Therefore, I am not trying to punish people out of their bad beliefs and symptoms. I don't know what the fuck it is. Mostly, again, can you organize people for action or not? Um, one of the things, another thing on Facebook, I, you know, posted something about how if you wish AOC would run, you should vote for Bernie Sanders. And, uh, a woman who I've met at a party, like two parties, like eight years ago. So like, I know her, but I also don't know her, but like we've met in real life. And I do believe that that counts. And she said something about how, you know, we don't need to mask AOC and burn her at the altar of burning. And that language, it took me aback, but I could tell that it was felt. And I asked her to explain, and I explained my part of it, saying, hey, you know, I don't ever want to be one of those assholes that reaches. Like, she literally endorsed Sanders. I'm not, again, I don't want to be one of those people who's saying, there's no doubt that Martin Luther King would, like, shut the fuck up, get his name out of your mouth, don't do that, right? So I was already trying, but, like, again, I wasn't trying to take her comment defensively, it surprised me, for sure, and I paid attention to that, like, this is, there is some violence in this language, it's not necessarily directed at me, but that's important. And, you know, she just said her piece, which is, like, the endorsement is enough, you don't need to physically put her body in his place, basically. And I said, okay. That's fair. Thank you for saying that. That's fair. Um, and there's one last one I was thinking about, which is that uh, I've been so blessed to be on the Current Affairs podcast. Uh, I was on episode 43, The Baby Caucus. And uh, I'm also going to be on episode 44. Not not sure the title yet till it comes out. But uh, I was talking. We were talking about homeschooling, and uh, I was making an impassioned argument. 
not sure how coherent it was, but it was definitely impassioned. Um, again, because I have friends who are homeschooled and who characterize it as abuse. And I was saying that it pains me to like be against homeschooling because I think our education system is such shit and oppressive and terrible, but that strategically, I don't believe that homeschooling can be the site where we organize because it's already been so thoroughly and violently colonized by these quiverful people for lack of a better word. And I brought up, uh, you know, like TM Landry, that school in Louisiana that was famous for having like young black working class children get into schools like Harvard. And then it turns out that like the school was incredibly abusive and they faked transcripts. It was a whole fucking fraud. Um, again, that just is hurting children. Um, and I was just saying, you know, like, I can't, there are such problems that I can't work with child abusers. And God bless everyone. Um, Orin Nimney said, yeah, you know, I see a lot of videos of like police officers in schools run by the state abusing children. And I'm like, oh, fu- that's true. That's true. Thank you. That's true. So I've been thinking about that too, about how no matter how hard we try, uh, we're all blind to something, right? And so it is, of course, about trying to not be blind to things while also um, trying to actually listen for criticism and hear it. Uh, so those are some things that I've been thinking about lately. And feeling, you know, whatever, blessed to think about. Um I'm not doing anything, which means that uh, it's a little bit against the rules of the, of the truck cast, but it's fine. My chair can be it's a, my chair can be a truck. Um, so yeah, what else is going on with me? I'm basically writing a book still. It's really weird. It's really hard also to write a book when you've lost your fucking mind, man. <laughs> um. I got it together enough to get a draft put together for a prize entry. That was in January. Results will be back in June. So my time between now and June is to like kind of work on it as I can. Eventually, maybe do some real work on it. Um, I've... Right now, I think I'm writing an essay or something for that book, um, which is cool. That's coming slowly. And then uh, I also wrote an essay about Survivor. That I'm very excited. It's going to be on Catapult next week. Um, so, you know, whatever. You should follow me on Twitter if you don't, and I'll tweet it then. But I'm excited about that. Um, Twitter, book, Catapult. Come on, motherfucker. I am not um, as talented at editing as Michael from No Pods, No Casters, but I really love, I would love to throw a Batman noise in here right now. (laughs) Uh, I did catch up on No Pods, No Casters recently. That was great. And then I got to remember what it's like being the person who's like, are there any new episodes yet? No. Okay. All right. What? No. Oh, oh, okay. No. And like, yes, it was just Mardi Gras. It was stupid, but whatever. Um...
So for the last bit, I am going to talk just a little bit about what it's like in my brain. Um, Because it's been a ride. I was... uh, The other day... I did something embarrassing, um, which was that I uh, was, like, in another world uh, looking at people's Instagram photos that I shouldn't be looking at, because I don't know them. You know how normal people do. Um, And I accidentally liked someone's photo that I don't follow, and I was just like, oh, fucking, everything's by my name, I'm just embarrassed. Um, And all of a sudden, it was like everything started talking at once inside me. And it's funny because it had been a minute since I like felt a lot and thought about how should I deal with this? Because <laughs> um, I've just been uh, reacting for the past few months. Uh, not, I mean, there's plenty of like conscious thought that helps me be like, hmm, maybe don't go out and drink a lot or whatever it is. Like, but a lot of it has just been like no layer between me and the rest of the world reacting and you know so you tell a friend um you you know you tweet through it (laughs) just post just never stop posting and i was like no no bitch there's this this, open a google doc and so i opened a google doc and wrote and then again, the nice thing about being alive as long as I have now is that I can actually like ask ask people to read it slash share it with them. And it's also gotten easier as I've gotten older. Now, I have, most people I tell them, I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm not sending the, you this so you can give me craft notes. That's not what this is for. This is because when I get into a situation where I feel something so intensely and immediately and overwhelmingly that's the type of thing that I have the hardest thing talking about to people I eventually will but usually the first place that I can go is to a page and then I feel a little bit better then I can talk about it and that might lead to more other people are very important to my writing process um, it's very important to resonate with people. So, I wrote this thing. Uh, I, I think I titled the Google Doc before I started writing it, and I titled it Who We Have Been, because that's what I was thinking about. Sometimes I, you know, think of myself as like a fucking, you know, rotating tie rack or some shit. Just like, which one today? Okay. Yesterday I had a thought about it, thinking about it, like, what if I wrote a short story about this? Even though I, anyone who knows me knows I don't. I, I think about writing short stories a lot. <laughs> um, that's usually as far as it goes. But uh, I was trying to explain what it feels like to be me right now. Like, at one point, my therapist asked me if my brain was busy, and I was like, nope. (laughs) And it's true, there's a lot of blank in there. But it's kind of like, either I'm in a really quiet room, or I'm in a really loud room. And it's like, 
I don't know if I, it doesn't feel like I'm always, you know, I'm not like walking between them like, oh, let me consciously open this door. It's like fumbling blind and all of a sudden I'm in a loud place and then it goes quiet. I can't remember. So if I don't write when I feel it, it feels like it could be gone forever. But then when I get back in that room, it's loud. It's a lot like dreaming, honestly. Everything, as my life goes on, it gets more like dreaming. But, you know, I have continuous dreams, basically. Continuity in them, somewhat, feels like. And then I was kind of thinking about how that felt, and it made me think, oh, you know, what if there's a character who doesn't want to fall asleep because every time she wakes up, she never knows where she's going to wake up, and, you know, next on her bedside table, there's a little, there's a different charm or a different color flower for every place that it might be. So that when she wakes up, she knows at least where she is. That's what I was thinking about yesterday. I think that's a lot of how it feels. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yesterday I wrote a little bit more in that piece that I'm writing. Which feels like it's related to the book. It's about... Um, how you can love a story of a thing outside of the thing itself. So I'm talking about Instagram and how you can construct entire stories of other people's lives. Um, and I use my own Instagram for that, right? I'm like, I I was like, oh my god, I have to delete my Instagram. <laughs> I deactivated it. But I was also like, oh fuck, I should delete my Instagram. Um, and then I'm like, oh, but then how will I know myself, right? Because I do that too. I use these, these tools to try to tell a story of myself. And it's hard to imagine not doing that. Um, and that's also what writing is, right? You know, when I write, I have to look back at what I've already written to remember what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, and that's, you know, that's forever. That's not just one of the, one of the interesting things that's happened in my brain in the past few years. That's a, it's a part of writing. Trying to remember what you're saying and then also trying to not control it too tightly. So I was writing about that. And the example I gave, because uh, this is how I know it's related to the book. Um, when I was growing up, again, my parents... <laughs> I have a, a picture book, a story book, that is just pictures of them, like, literally frolicking through fields and being in love uh, to... Uh, from the passionate shepherd to his flock... J. Alfred Prufrock. Come away with me and be my love. And I write about how there is this story of my parents that I grew up with that is perfect. And then, <laughs> you know, my parents are still married, so, like, there's the reality, too. And how hard it can be to love both. But also to try to love both. That's one of the things I've been working on lately is not um, chastising myself for who I am or how I am. 
So sometimes I'm reactive and mercurial. I can definitely be cruel. I mostly am not, but I can be and I have a talent for it probably. Um, sometimes I get mad for not feeling differently about someone than I do and you gotta let that go sometimes I get mad Jesus there are lots of things to be mad about <laughs> one of my friends used to have an alt <laughs> the the, uh, the uh, avatar was a fucking pitchfork and it was we are mad about just in case you needed to know <laughs> I think about that shit like a lot still like we are mad about <laughs> Uh, it's also funny to think about, like, in a dumb... I mean, again, funny, but it's funny. But, you know, the, the 1984 state run, we are mad about. Um, when in reality, it's, like, people who aren't listened to. So it's Super Tuesday. I'm going to try to exercise some boundaries, and instead of flipping out about a bunch of shit I can't control, focus on what I can. Uh... If you're feeling Bernie Sanders and you haven't either used the burn up, texted, dialed, or knocked some doors, uh, get on that. It helps. And that is literally the only way we win. All the capital is already organized. We only win if we organize the people. So everyone has to play a part. Uh, which is why, you know, I'm convinced there are lots of people who don't want Bernie to win because I'm not, yeah, no, I go, I'm busy, right? That's in John's video, which I had the lovely Jesse Doctor make a gif of, yeah, I said it, I don't care, fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> uh, just because that moment is perfect. And I'm going to need it all fucking year, I, I hope, man. And then there's that other part of me that's like, oh, like, word if... If they steal it from Bernie, I am not. And that's just also because, motherfucker, I don't sell shit I don't believe in. Like, I don't do it. I never have. That's maybe not true. That's definitely not true. We all do sell our labor, but I am not volunteering, knocking on doors, making phone calls for anyone except Bernie Sanders. In the presidential campaign 2020 but I'll vote for any motherfucker maybe I don't fucking care man who cares so that's where I am in the boundary between I will do everything that is fucking humanly possible and I will not and all that shit uh, I'm gonna go to work I wish I could get my cat to say goodbye to you but she's not a very vocal cat I could bother her enough until she made noise, but, you know, I'd rather just give her some pets, make her happy. Oh, there's some little grunts happening. So, in conclusion, I hope that you examine places where you're uncomfortable privately and safely figure out what the fuck to do about them and I hope that you think about power and democracy and what the difference is between a protest that is catharsis and a protest that 
results in change. Uh, I hope you write or read or paint or cook or eat food or pet your cat or any other normal thing that people do. I hope that you work for to get Bernie Sanders elected. Talk to your friends. Get better at... Turns out, the only way to make a better future is for us to get fucking better at talking to people. How about that? You have to actually... You can't do it without that. If you don't get better at working with other people, we're not going to win. There's your uncomfortable poke for the day. If there's someone in your life that you're not good at talking to, get better at talking to them. I love you, especially Benjamin Hoffman. Bye. Hey, Kate, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I do. Um, Next Tuesday, March 10th, I'm going to be help leading an organizer school in New Orleans, DSA, about power and democracy. Uh, if you have any interest in politics, whether it's, you know, 2020 primary and why everyone's flipping the fuck out about it, or, uh, you know, wondering why a major project in New Orleans uh, had falsified safety permits, killed two workers, injured dozens more, and is just going to come out of it with more money, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, um... Power and Democracy, New Orleans DSA. We haven't set a time or date or, I mean, well, we have a date. We don't have a location, I don't think yet, but Jordan's working on it. March 10th. Um, And, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Kate Root, and I will tweet really stupid shit and then delete some of it. Okay.